This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. Thanks, Disability Hot Girl Voice. This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. I'm Ernie. Those are some dramatic and pregnant pauses there, sir. Well, I tried and to do I'm Shatner. Robert. I tried to do Shatner on that one. I don't know and if I... the pauses worked. Uh, they might have. They might. We'll see how it goes out. Um, and this is, of course, Robert, as always, your uh, friendly neighborhood Cobra Kai leader. Oh, Cobra <laughs> Kai. So you're Cobra Kai? You're not Miyagi Dojo? <sighs> that is the ultimate, isn't it? I mean... Team you Edward. Gotta, yeah. <laughs> are you talking the original, or are you talking, of course, the new? Oh. Uh, you talk about that controversy, right? I mean, it is, it is the ultimate 80s boyhood fantasy kind of real world hero type stuff i mean you kind of mentioned this and we'll talk about where you mentioned this but you know there was all this action and high-end octane movies in the the 80s during that time frame yeah you always mention this is one of those movies that connected to kids you know as, as as this is an everyday hero yeah yeah no superpowers no like you know avenge me moment that type of thing Mm -hmm. it was just like man this could be any kid this could be me like you know the whole montage like every 80s movie had like a montage sequence and this one kind of like had one as well where he's training and everything so that fell in line the whole thing the big twist was just like you know the kids doing these chores you know he's sanding floors painting fences waxing cars and then finally, like, the teacher just stands in front of him and says, show me, you know, wax on, wax off. And he throws a punch and he blocks it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you see the look on his face and, like, you're in the crowd as a kid. And you're like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know, I was doing chores that could never help me. No. You know, in yeah. a fight. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I know. The rest of us were like, oh, we should do those chores now and, you know, paint random fences. Big movement. <laughs> big movement. <laughs> But to celebrate um, that Cobra Kai, the oh, new yeah. version, came yeah, to no. Netflix. Now, is it a reboot? It's no. not a reboot. It's a continuation, no. right? It is a continuation. Um, it went through some growing pains. It actually was on YouTube Red at first, and then right. moved over to Netflix, which is where it is now, and is about to have, I believe, a third season. So what we did, you and I, is we reached out to one of our good friends of the podcast, which everybody might remember, the good doctor, Dr. Jason oh. von Steins. And That's we were PH, like – he PH yeah. double D or yeah. just regular D or what, what, what got, are we talking about? He's got some Ds in there, definitely some Ds. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but we, he, he reached out to us and we were like, you know what? We haven't had him on for a while, and he was all about we should do a Cobra Kai. And I was like – Okay, sure. I watched the movie. I'm in. And so we decided we need to get into this a little bit because Cobra Kai is kind of a a big thing. Like there's a lot to unpack in this movie, the show, the connection, the the, the movies, movies, and then the whole, you know, whole kit and caboodle. It's a lot, a lot of history, a lot of story, a lot of deep dives. So I, of course, not being obsessive about things ever. Because you know that's not my style. Oh um, no! Yeah, no, I'm I'm very laid back when it comes to this no. stuff. Yeah, um, I did my research. I I watched. I did a a a Cliff Notes summary version with my brother-in-law, who is also obsessed with it, so I can get a couple different perspectives. So I can come in with some, you know, 
some things to talk about. And you, of course, didn't have to worry because, you know, you were already there. Um, and uh, as soon up- as I watched it on YouTube and yeah. then once uh, season two was done and then I heard the deal that, you know, Netflix was in negotiations to buy it and they gave them they backed up the Wells Fargo truck. And uh, yeah, now they Don't- have it. Them the money. Um, so there's a lot there. Now, one of the things we do is we do give our users and forewarned us forearmed a little bit of homework with this is at the end, you will be able to hear us talk about you watching the rest of the movies because it will it is something that comes, is going to come up and is trickled in and nobody watched two and three or hasn't watched them in 20 years. So it may be time to revisit. And number four. No, number four. The the new Karate Kid, the other Karate Kid, whatever. Uh, the next Karate Kid with Hillary Swank. With Hillary Swank. Um, so one of the things we definitely want you guys to know as a special treat, not only did we do this conversation with Jason, but the video was good enough at high enough quality, except for some delightful freeze moments with Ernie in some great things. Oh, no. It's, it's wonderful. It's no. hilarious. For those of you guys who are watching on YouTube as we speak or who have not watched us before on YouTube should definitely check us out on YouTube. Um, we have not just the audio, but the audio and the video of sponsorship alert uh, Skype video conference call that we did the special. <laughs> now, one of the benefits of having Ernie in video is that he's almost always during our shows either eating or drinking. This is factual. Yes. In this particular show, he is drinking. So you will see some additional corporate sponsorship. Nectar of the gods. Yes, the nectar of the gods, as he calls it. So fun times, as always. (laughs) Um, So any other precursors you'd like to give our audience to warn them of your delight here, Ernie? I have to say that of all the episodes, this is probably the one that is the most natural. Hmm. Okay. I yeah. think this is this is more along the lines of if you're used to like listening to podcasts that have a production team and you know a, a a Spotify platform at your disposal, throw all that away. We go back to like the early days of podcasting. Yes, definitely, definitely. But I will say this: we are on Spotify, so you know, listen to us there. <laughs> Thank you, our. <laughs> What is it? What was it from The Simpsons? You know, we, we welcome our new overlords. <laughs> Indeed. So without further ado, and uh, to all of our overlords that we bow to graciously, here we go and enjoy the segment with our favorite doctor, Jason, doctor, doctor, Jason Von Stein. Doctor. Doctor. Uh, take it away, guys, and we will talk to you guys in a little bit after the show. And now, sports analysis of fictional characters with Dr. Jason Von Steins. All right, thanks for, for having me, you guys. This is, it's always fun to uh, to meet up and to talk about um, uh, great movies and how it relates to sports psychology or performance um, mm. in general. And um, today I wanted to talk about Cobra Kai. Mm. Co- for people who don't know yet, uh, Cobra Kai is uh, a sequel. It's like a, a, a follow-up years later uh, to Karate Kid. Um, it started on YouTube. It's now on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, you can watch it. If you 
if you know what YouTube is, you you might be able to still see it there. I, I'm not sure. It might. Still it was on it was on YouTube Red, I believe, right? I mean, it was a kind of a subscription pay for service at one or got there at some point. So yeah, very very interesting story there with that too. So very cool. Yeah, but it's it's a great show. Uh, I'm all in. I'm all in for Cobra Kai, and uh, the basic idea is um, years later. It's been 30 years since the first. Uh, the events of the first Karate Kid movie, and now we're following Johnny Lawrence. Mm. He was the, I guess you could say, the main antagonist. He was the the ringleader of the the Cobra Kai teenagers. Uh, mm-hmm. He was he wasn't the sensei, but he was the the top student, and um, he was the one who was sort of uh, leading the campaign of. Uh, today we would say bullying uh, against uh, Daniel Sun, uh, Daniel Larusso, uh, Ralph Macho in that movie, and and or excuse me, yeah, Ralph Macho is the actor uh, who played mm-hmm. Daniel Larusso. Um, and now we're we're in the in the series Cobra Kai. We're following Johnny Lawrence today, and uh, it's all about his journey, uh, where he is now, how things have changed so much since since the 80s for him. And uh, Johnny is, in my opinion, Johnny is a great character. Uh, if you've seen Karate Kid, you get one version of him. You see him as um, sort of like the, the typical rich kid, 80s preppy villain. He has blonde hair. He drives a convertible sports car, like some kind of 80s convertible sports car. And uh, he's he's one of the cool kids, typical '80s uh, preppy villain. And um, but you also you can just kind of tell from different things in the movies that he probably doesn't have like a good father figure. He is probably kind of tortured in some way. You know, there's something going on there. They give little hints to it here and there. And then now in Cobra Kai, we see Johnny. He is he's no longer the rich kid. He's uh, living a working class life, working maybe as a carpenter or as some kind of uh, kind of some kind of fix it man. And uh, he's got a very, very bare bones apartment. And uh, you can see that he's lived a very hard life since the events of Karate Kid in the 80s. And um, you can see he's. He probably has a history of of drinking, and uh, he's probably had some legal trouble. And um, he, his mother, you can see they tell you very early, very early on that his mother passed away, and that his he has a, a rich stepdad who kind of despises him, but has still bailed him out uh, throughout the the thirty years and is uh, helping him financially here and there, but definitely not helping him in any kind of emotional way or any kind of like um, fatherly supportive way. And, and that's, that's where we come across uh, Johnny Lawrence in the very beginning. So it's a very, very different story. And also very early on, we see Johnny driving still in, in an 80s car. So it looks like in a lot of ways, his life is just kind of frozen since the events of Karate Kid. And uh, in a lot of ways, he's just kind of stuck in the 80s. A lot of the language that he uses is kind of like the language of 
an adolescent from the 80s. He'll talk about babes and doing things that are badass and stuff like that. And um, and we see that when he's driving, he looks up and he sees a very cheesy billboard of Daniel LaRusso as a car salesman saying something like, we kick the competition. And Daniel LaRusso is like kicking in the billboard. And we see Johnny just kind of sigh and like, oh, man. So we see that Johnny is still really holding on to the feelings around being defeated and and probably the feelings around losing his girlfriend Allie or Elizabeth Shue um, at that time, and uh, and so so that's that's where that's where we first meet Johnny Lawrence, and then he goes on to start his own Cobra Kai dojo where he um, you know wants to give it a new spin. He doesn't want it to be the same kind of um, uh, bad influence that it was on him. He wants to be you know a good sensei to to his students. And he and he wants he wants his life back in a lot of ways. He wants to be a successful uh, martial artist, successful businessman, and um, he wants to get back to his martial arts roots because that's that's when he did feel good when he was when he was uh, focusing on karate. Um, so let me just kind of now that I've introduced the show and I've introduced Johnny Lawrence, let me just kind of leave it there for a little bit and then see if uh, you guys have your own thoughts about Johnny or about Karate Kid or anything like that. And then we can, we can uh, start talking more about the psychology. Go Ernie before you hurt yourself. Go. <laughs> We're going to burst over there in two seconds. As, as a proud representative of a child that grew up during the eighties, this uh, whole film genre that came out, this, I, the original Karate Kid movie came out in 84 and I cannot express to you how much of an impact that was on kids my age. I was, 10 years old at the time, but like watching it, that movie blew my mind. Cause you know, at the time we had like, uh, like, uh, movies like Rambo, we had the Terminator, uh, movies like that were coming out, right. Big bulky action stars. And then there was this kid who you could kind of, you know, every kid can kind of relate to, you know, moving to a new place, you mm-hmm. know, he tries to fit in, runs across, of course, the typical click, right. Mm-hmm. You have the clique of kids that have lived there. They're pretty affluent, um, and they seem to have everything at their fingertips. Like you said, you know, with the nice clothes, uh, the perfect hair, uh, you know, all that other stuff, the, the the cool car, you know, essentially they, they have their own niche, right? And then there's Danny, who tries to fit in, and uh, of course, depending on your viewpoint, because... Since the movie's come out, there's been so many revisionist uh, versions of that movie. You could either say that Danny kind of brought it on himself by, like, inserting himself into, like, Johnny's life at that point. Or you could say that Johnny was just always a bully and, you know, this was just him. And like you said, as far as uh, the show goes, I always wondered, that would be something I would want to, like, recapture, right? What are they doing now? Let's just say they're they're past high school now. How did their lives turn out? And then Cobra Kai kind of sets it up as Johnny peaked in high school, and mm-hmm. he's still holding on to that, right? Like you said, he's still holding on to the '80s car. Uh, '80s car. Uh, he's knocking around between jobs. Sounds like a contractor handyman type dude. So you go from a guy who was affluent, who basically could like have anybody do whatever he wanted to like somebody who was at the beck and call of other people, which probably annoys them to no end, right? right. Uh, and, and, then, and then you have the, 
the kind of like, well, you know what? I still got a little bit of spark here. You know, I can defend myself. I can, I know enough to get myself into trouble because of my mind being screwed up from all those years of, you know, the teachings of this guy who, I don't know, his, his sen- the Cobra Kai sensei, I forgot his name. Uh, John Creasy or John Crease or something like that? Yeah, Crease. But they always refer to him as Crease. I don't know if he was like a Argent Crease or Captain Crease. Uh, because in the original movie, you saw pictures of him like in Nam and stuff like that. So he was like this hardened battle vet, and uh, he treated his kids like they were in the army, right? I mean, all those kids in the dojo, he, you know, he he would essentially order them to like run through a brick wall, in other words, with no care if they got hurt themselves. And it showed up in the match when he was like telling guys like, "Look, I don't care if you win your match or not. You're gonna hurt that other kid to make sure he doesn't finish." And Danny, through it all, he kept persevering, and he won the match. And the way Johnny says it, you kind of won it on an illegal kick to the face, but that's okay. I let that go, but we all know he really didn't let it go because, <laughs> like you had mentioned before, he's driving around, and now he's, like, in his own personal hell, right? Mm-hmm. Because now he's constantly reminded about that one moment. And I think everyone ha- – I don't know if everyone uh, sports-wise, maybe you come across this more – where you have the athlete where they had that one moment that they look back on and like, if I would have just done this one right. thing different, you know, how different would my life be right now? Like it should be me on the billboard, right? Mm-hmm. Selling the automobiles instead of this this kid, right? And he can and he can kind of see it like he's a little soft now. He's kind of sold out. You know, he's uh, you know, every time you buy a car, he gives you a bonsai tree. And that wasn't the teachings that Mr. Miyagi gave him, you know, he was more about balance and everything else having balanced his life and clearly you know when you had you have johnny's story where like it seems like everything went bad after that danny's and everything went as i like to say coming up millhouse you know he (laughs) Uh, got the girl he had the cool car now he had the great job you know he had a good teacher that loved him and supported him and johnny didn't have squat basically he was on his own right he probably just graduated. He probably never went to college. And like you said, the stepdad that was married to his, his mom is just it's just doing out of obligation. He doesn't mm-hmm. care about what happens to Johnny. He's just like, I did this because I can do this. And this is what I've done my whole life. And he seems pretty miserable, even in his old age, right? Um, but then you come across, I don't know, may, maybe there's a psychological thing where like, you have the guy who didn't have nothing and gets everything, and then he for, then he kind of takes that for granted and right. has a little bit of, of that taken away from him. And then you have the guy who had everything that lost it all, and now he's clawing to get it back. So for a while, I'm rooting for Johnny right, right. in this Cobra Kai thing. Uh, but maybe you might give some more insight. What, like, the, the psychic behind it? Is, there, is it something common that you see this in athletes whenever they're, like, they hit the peak and then they just fall right down to the bottom? But they still linger around. They still hold on to that. I don't know if that's more like a, like maybe an old boxer or maybe like a, like an old. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe you find that more in single person sports or team sports. What are your thoughts on that? Hmm. Well, if if we keep looking at movies for a little bit, or just use movies as a reference, that it's definitely something that happens where people, uh, you know, they put all of their hopes and their dreams into their sport and they've probably been training at it for years working hard and it it kind of consumes their entire identity where 
you know, that's that's who they are. They, they and they have trouble seeing themselves outside of their role in, in sports. And uh, a, a movie example of that would be Uncle Rico from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. He's constantly thinking. Nice. Of, <laughs> yeah. Nice, got, nice pose today, guys. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> He's constantly thinking of like I think it was '82, man, back in '82. If if Coach would have put me in. Um, so that the one that that's he's it's years later uh, in you know the 2000s at some time, and he's still thinking about 82. And then two, if coach put me in, so then he's being kind of naive where he wasn't even the starter. He wasn't he wasn't um, he probably didn't have the skill that he remembers himself having, but he still thinks like oh I could have done it, and if I would have that would have changed the entire course of my life. Um, so that's actually really common um, in real life too, and not just in movies. Oftentimes, athletes put their entire identity into um, into their entire identity is wrapped up in being an athlete. And when that ends, because it it almost always ends for 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 almost everybody, um, either they age out of their sport, you know, whether they're a professional athlete and they retire, or they're they're a high school athlete and high school's over and they're they're not quite at the level of playing for a college or a really common thing that happens is people get injured people get injured and then they're just no longer able to continue and then and and then they they just have to stop and they lose their identity as as an athlete and it can feel like grieving the loss of a loved one like it can be that same kind of kind of uh, emotional pain where, you know, they can feel depressed for a very long period of time. They can, um, they can just feel like their entire life is over. Um, I can't remember who it was, but I remember hearing a story about a former USC football player who had, you know, left football, gone on, didn't think about, didn't think too much about it, you know, was sad, but just thought he was just moving on with his life. And then, you know, not too much long later, he was walking down the street and then through a window of a store, he saw um, he saw a TV playing college football. And then he just broke down crying. And then like all the emotions started flooding. And, um, you know, he's felt terrible. Like he hadn't really grieved the loss of his identity as an athlete. He hadn't he hadn't um, processed that. And then all of a sudden it just came flooding out without him even, you know, trying to do that. So, yeah, it, people can definitely get stuck at that stage and they need to grieve the loss. They need to they, – I think the NBA has a program that helps athletes to transition out of their sport and help them to think about their career after and have savings accounts and – and help them think about what kind of jobs they can do. Hopefully they can just retire and live off of the money they made. But, you know, those are the top guys. And a lot of the middle or the bottom guys, they need to they need to have some kind of income coming in after they retire. And they can't just keep thinking about themselves as an NBA player and, you know, for the rest of their lives. So, uh, so yeah, so what we see with Johnny is that same type of thing, only he didn't make millions. He was uh, an amateur, uh, you know, um, karate competitor who was really big in that area, you know, in the valley. But um, you know, now now that's over. There wasn't college to compete in. 
there wasn't professional karate, or maybe there was, uh, but that's that's not that wasn't his path. And then now he's still just kind of stuck with with, with those feelings and, and hasn't moved on. And actually, um, so he he could have processed that, moved on, and then maybe got just been a really good carpenter or something but he's doing something different and i think that's that's also healthy where he's teaching young kids he's being physically active by getting back into karate um so he's 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 still finding a new identity as a sensei um but but he's and at the same time he's he's letting go of that old identity as like 80s badass like like he's he's moved he's finally moving on from that in the show so that's that's something really healthy that uh, i encourage for johnny well that's that's a good that's a good point i really like that that angle of it too and i know you're about to say something but i'm gonna cut you off because i can't um but one of the things i really found interesting in the dynamic between them again compared to old to new is they kind of again flip roles they kind of see each other's perspective a little bit more hopefully and uh, the the episode where they are in the restaurant where they kind of the they call it the TV oh look who we ran into kind of thing I don't know if you remember that episode where they're at dinner they go to dinner and they kind of the the, the wife and girlfriend and blah, blah blah and it's kind of a it's that fine line where you cut between reality what would happen and what happens in the t- in TV world and it, it is something that could be like you know a wife or a girlfriend could say look. This is ridiculous. You need to get over yourself. Let's go. Let's go to dinner with these folks and really kind of. That's more realistic, but they they kind of mush it in a slightly form. But the dynamic of that shift in that moment there of, you know, yeah, we both made some mistakes, but we're you know we kind of see each other's perspective. Mm-hmm. It can be very and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, but it could be very cathartic to being able to move on. Um, and it's kind of interesting because you need in not in real life, but in, in the movie TV world, you need conflict to kind of bring the drama to it. So I think that's when they kind of switched it over to now. Now there's a new villain. Nobody knows he's the villain, but there's a new villain. And guess who it is? You know, and it's kind of an interesting little shift there. But but psychologically in that moment, is that something that you could see? You know, you have competitors and obviously boxing like ernie was mentioning is a classic example these guys have hated each other for decades they are gonna beat one ring and blah blah blah, blah. it's all bull flop you know there's no comp they're fine they're friends outside of it. they don't care it's yeah. all a show but in reality sometimes that actually does exist in real life where they really do um dennis rodman i mean i mean you know what enemies didn't he have at one point or another i know nobody liked dennis um but you know those are those real life these guys are enemies or just don't like each other or just whatever it is does that work in reality in the same way where two sports athletes the top of their game because both danny and you know both of them were there at that moment getting together where they were enemies in the ring does getting together to have that kind of can we get past our past and move forward work or is it really just kind of it doesn't really get. It really, it really is not going to help them because they're just still core at the core different people in real world versus the movie world. Right. I think it can. I think it can definitely happen where you have two people who uh, 
who might at the time really feel like they're hating each other and they're competitors. And a, and a, a lot of times, at least in their mind, they're thinking, you know, I'm going to kill that person or I'm going to die before I let them beat me. Like hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully it wouldn't really come to that, but in their mind, sure. that's what they're thinking. Um, and I'm trying to think of some real life examples that I'm, I'm straining a little bit, but I think uh, Muhammad Ali and dang, oh, I can't, yeah. can't remember. Yeah, it was Mom, who was it, Ernie? You know, you're you're the you're the the pro boxing dude here. Come on, it was Muhammad Ali and who was the guy? It was someone else. It wasn't Mike Tyson, right? No, because they were two different you, generations. No, 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 no. You would have from that era of boxing, um, like you guys were talking about. You had um, because it's very similar to what this whole karate kid thing is you have danny versus johnny right you have uh right perhaps the the best number one and then this unknown number two comes up and he beats number one takes the crown from him and rubs it in his face pretty much but does right. it in a way is kind of snide you know what i mean now right you now if you go into real life muhammad ali and, and joe frazier there it is times, yeah, yeah right? that's the one right and, mm-hmm. and, and smoke and joe frazier got the best of ali in one of those and these were knockdown drag out bouts but i think outside of the ring well let's just, let me put it this way leading up to the fights it was clear that they just did not like each other all right, right. at all mm-hmm. after the fight however they would be cordial to one another but you know they always knew they had a little bit left in the tank to prove to mm-hmm. one another like hey you may have gotten me last time but i'm gonna get you this next time mm-hmm. right and they fought three times and they're all three were epic fights uh epic fights um, you could probably look at it, um, I guess if you were to switch it over to team sports, it's kind of like, um, anybody in the Raiders cause they cheat. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. You would think I'm just, I'm just football, putting that out there in football. It would be like, uh, the Eagles and the Cowboys, like historic, like rivals, right. like the fans don't like each other. The teams right. don't like each other, but you know what, when they all go out to like eat and stuff like that, like you mentioned yeah. in this in this episode, which I thought was very, very true nature. Like, what are they like when they're just, like, out and about, right? Like, the two guys don't like each other, right? Right. And one of them actually blames the other one for everything that is bad that has happened in his life. And the other one's like, I don't know why he's so bad. I'm over it, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> well, you won. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's the whole thing, right? That's what he. That's what he's not getting over. Um, another one would be, like, um, Red Sox Yankees, right? But uh, oh like, yeah, that goes see, way like, back as, too. Yeah, that goes way back also. But you can kind of see like when you meet like not outside of competition, everything else is kind of like a, a, almost like a, a friendly thing. Like we both have the same type of problems, right? We both having problems with our kids. We both have problems in our relationships. You know, women seem to like be like the uh, thing that drives us crazy. Like no, no matter what we do, they always find a way to like you know, be mad at us, right? And you're kind of hoping that these two guys could actually be friends, right? Which is the weirdest thing, because I'm thinking back on my childhood, and uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe I, I don't know, Doc. Maybe you could tell me. School. I'm not friends with them now. I'm sorry you broke up. Uh, can you say that again? At least on my end, I couldn't hear it. Oh, yeah, I was saying, say it like, again. I was like, I was like, you know, maybe it's just me or maybe there's a, a, something about that. But, like, anyone who gave me crap as a kid and if I ran into them now, I probably wouldn't be friends with them. Kind of like the whole, like, 
trying to bridge the gap between Johnny and, and Daniel, like what they're what like what they're doing almost. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and you know, in a lot of ways, it's it's not really your job to make amends with just anybody who who wrongs you. I mean, I guess that would be great, or if that's some if that's like your philosophy of life. But in real life, you know, you don't have to. Uh, reach out to anybody that like scratched your car or was a jerk to you at some point and then just become their best friend. Um, as far as far as sports, uh, a, another example, but probably to a lesser extent, uh, is uh, uh, George St. Pierre and Dan Hardy. Um, when back in the day, not that I guess not that long ago, they had a big lead up to their fight. Dan Hardy, uh, an MMA fighter from uh, Britain was uh, really hot on the scene and he was known for having a mohawk, kind of like Hawk, one of the kids in Cobra Kai. Yeah. And he, yeah. And he was a punk rocker and he would, and he would like dance before the fight and then knock a guy out and do all kinds of stuff. And then George St. Pierre was known for being very humble and respectful and, and all that stuff. And then they had a huge lead up to their fight. George St. Pierre won, like he pretty much always does. And then, <laughs> and then years, years later, I find out that now that now they're really good friends. So I don't know what happened. I don't know where that took place, but where their dinner had, was. Yeah, yeah, they they had a dinner <laughs> at a, a local uh, Mexican restaurant, I guess. And was there some sort of videotaping going on? Come on, <laughs> yeah. I want to see that. You know. Good for psychological analysis. <laughs> it happened on a Taco Taco Tuesday, and uh, everything. I love that. <laughs> everything is fine now. Yeah. But yeah, and that's a good point, Ernie, too, because it's like there's a couple people in my past who's like, could I forgive them? Could I really make up to them? And you're right. Is it is it a is it a what was the nature of the wrong? Yeah, if you scratch my car or something, I'm not going to worry. But you know, if you were in this scenario, it's kind of the extreme, but it happens in real life where you literally were a bully to this person. And they kind of do that and talk about that, like, I mean, not to get way off topic, but it's related, well, sort of. Uh, 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 Alcoholics Anonymous, anonymous or, or uh, um, uh, Substance Abuse Anonymous, those types of things where you have to go through this process of going back to all the people and apologizing for what you've done, you know, kind of forces that process. Um, but in in sports and in in these scenarios where there isn't a functional outside of yourself reason for those things to have happened, it's a lot harder. Like, look, I did these things because I was doing this because of those reasons. I I need to go back to you and ask you to forgive me for my wrongs, right? Um, whatever it is. But in these scenarios, is so much more a matter of as you were talking about Ernie's philosophy on life is. Is that something I feel I should do? You know, on my deathbed, these people, what is the level and what level of forgiveness do I give to them in my personal life? No reason beyond that I feel we should make up, be friends and so forth. And that that psychological and that I don't know the term again, that's that's your area, Jason, doctor. Um, but that kind of needing to be right with those who wronged you, even if you weren't in the wrong kind of feeling is kind of what the the two seasons kind of overarching for these two characters is kind of bringing forth is how do you get forgiveness for what you've done when a you may not even you know i did nothing wrong you don't even know you did something 
right? Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, go into now what? Mm-hmm. What do we do from here? Do we become besties? You know, is that even needed? Is it necessary? You know, what are we up against now? What's next? Right. Well, well, I found interesting that for the first for the first part of Cobra Kai, that first season, right? Uh, it was like Johnny basically saying, "Hey, look, I was the victim in high school. Like, I don't know what's going on here. I got, you know, I had things going going into my senior year. Then my girlfriend, like, you know, stops talking to me. This kid that come out, moved here from Jersey starts moving in on her. I'm just like." trying to like talk to her again trying to patch things up and there's this guy moving in on my action next thing i know you know we end up in a fight in the beach i thought it was over next thing i know he's messing with me at a halloween party then the next thing i know this this old asian guy comes and kicks my butt and my friend's (laughs) butt then he shows up at my dojo like i don't know what's going on i'm getting stalked like literally like the first part of like Cobra Kai is like, all right, we're seeing things from Johnny's perspective. I can kind of see him like taking that on. Like, gosh, what what did I ever do to deserve this, right? And it like, it, it, I guess he held on to that, right? That I don't know if he considers himself a victim. But then Danny, the way Danny portrays, is like, no, nah, I just moved here, minding my own business. I start talking to this girl, and this crazy dude just like whoops up on me, right? And I don't know how to defend myself. I had to start talking to this crazy Asian dude that lived right. below me, and and. Uh, take me under his wing and he taught me how to defend myself and that's what I did. So like the two, I guess, depending on how you, how you saw the karate kid play out. Cause there's some people I speak to now that totally think that Danny was the bully. Mm-hmm. And there's some, there's some people that think that Johnny was the bully. I, I always felt Johnny was the bully, but that's probably cause I was a little jealous about all the stuff that he had mm-hmm. going for him. And it was just nice, nice to see <laughs> someone like that get like knocked down a few pegs. If you know what yeah. I mean? Ouch. <laughs> nice times <Yeah>. there, Ernie. <laughs> yeah, Cobra Kai is really, it's a really great show. And in, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like uh, Game of Thrones, where you see one character's perspective, and then you agree with them, you like them, you root for them. And then you see another character's perspective, and then you go, oh, God, I, I agree with this person. I'm rooting for this person now. One of them has to win. Uh, but but whenever you're seeing it from one person's point of view, it's it's really hard to root against them and to not see things their way. So when you hear you hear Johnny talking about the what happened with with uh, Larusso back in the '80s, even though a lot of it is just kind of incorrect, it's still like yeah. Yeah, I can see it that way. Now that you've said it that way, I see it that way. And then some some stuff uh, Daniel did instigate. Like Daniel, uh, Johnny was just minding his own business, smoking a little bit of weed in the bathroom. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> wrong with that. Which I might add, the most non-violent thing a violent person could possibly do, right? <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. And then, uh, yes, Johnny took it too far by uh, by essentially jumping Daniel with a, a, a gang. But uh, Daniel did instigate that event. And then Daniel, um, he's very impulsive. And uh, that, that was true in Karate Kid and in Cobra Kai, where if he sees something that he disagrees with or he thinks is wrong, he's very quick to just, just go running, just run at the problem and then just – start either punching and kicking or start, start saying things. And uh, that's not always 
the best tactic. Things can be de-escalated at times. Things can, um, you know, if you can just breathe and just keep cool, you know, it doesn't, things don't need to lead to violence. Um, so Johnny is not completely wrong, but, you know, it, but in a lot of ways he, he was uh, instigating those, you know, many of those fights. But hearing it from his side, it, it's it's hard to say like that. That um, it's hard to say that he's lying. Like he's not he's not lying. He did see things that way. And you know, maybe uh, a lot of it was coming from privilege. And when when thing when you're used to getting things your way, you know, you're you're rich, you are popular, you, uh, people bend over backwards to help you out. It's My hard. Because you're a life. <laughs> <laughs> you even got the blonde hair to prove it you know <laughs> those wavy locks <laughs> yeah. in, in a lot of ways um when people uh lose that that advantage it feels like they're being cheated even though now things are just fair uh so it's so seeing it from johnny's perspective it's very believable that that is how he sees it now bringing these two characters so scenario right yeah. okay you're in the room these two characters sit down in you in the sofa and this is before the dinner scene right okay so they haven't made up yet i'm assuming that you'd have to try and get these two characters to that middle ground right. so it's like i'm not here to make you guys besties you're not going to want to give each other your kidneys you know anything like that but at least be that you can move past this to right. the rest of your life. So you don't have, you're not living in the 80s and you're not being a douche. You know, those types of things, simple stuff. Okay. <laughs> As that, with well, first off, would that be something that you would participate in? Have you ever done something like that? Like, I guess it would be like a, almost like a psychological um, mediation. Sure. Um, is that something that would work? Would you do that? And if that was the case, how would you kind of start that even? Sure. Well, for me, um, I like to do a lot of um, team building activities, uh, which can sound kind of silly, and it is, but it is really good at helping people to bond and then help uh, helping people to work together better. Mm. Uh, so let's say that they were both on the same team or right. both a part of the same dojo, and mm. I was coming in to uh, help them to to work together better and just achieve more as a dojo. Right. Um, I would have the maybe do something that might sound kind of surprising or silly, but I would probably have them do improv comedy together oh, or nice. have them do some kind of fun activity. Um, and then when you're doing that, you, you have to, you're forced to work together in kind of a fun way. And there is pressure in the moment, not, not too much, but there is some pressure and sure. you feel uncomfortable and you would probably resist things a little bit, but it is easier to do that, do, to do a fun improv comedy game um, than to, you know, um, to rehash. Right, yeah. to take it head on. Exactly yeah. head on doesn't always work. So kind of go over there. Hey, look over there. That's some super cool. Let's do that. And then you're really, oh, you're going to be best friends. At, you're going to at least get along after this, I guess. Yeah. So we'll go for that angle of it. Um, so that's kind of interesting. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. I took one course in college it was called um uh team performance and um work workshopping or something like that it was literally that it was the power of teams and how to do these team building things and how 
some of them are useful and fun and whatever, but a lot of them are silly to create a false sense of pressure right. so that we want to do this well, mm-hmm. but we don't get along. So let's on our own get to a middle ground so we can get the task done. Right. And in real life, you can kind of, those can kind of just kind of push through or, or what's the word, carry over into right. the real world, even though you didn't, all you have to do at that point is set it up so that it works for the people that it needs to work for, for. So you're kind of an overarching mediator of the process. And then if some other stuff comes up individually, sure, you'll sit down and, and do it like head on. But that sounds like a great way of, of, of doing that, which is in, in Cobra Kai, for this scenario, I guess, it's dinner. <laughs> That's what we get. That's all we get. We get dinner. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is it as one thing that's really important, and it may be the main, the most important thing about those team building activities is to have those uncomfortable feelings, and then to be able to stay focused on the task and work together better uh, anyway. So then, in real life, you might feel angry, you might feel frustrated, but you can have those feelings and keep working together, or and just do whatever you need to do. And then as far as the dinner, yeah, they, they were able to find common ground together in a really great, funny way by uh, kind of criticizing the waitress, uh, you know, which <laughs> I'm not usually in favor of, but no, they both yeah. are kind of called out like, hey, well, why don't you just write it down? Uh, maybe <laughs> write down the order. Oh, see, I knew it. I told you, right? <laughs> and they're, they're able to bond together that way. And Very respectful of our waitstaff people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they actually do kind of do a, a fun team building activity uh, separately, but near each other, where they just dance. They dance with their partner, and they're just kind of loose and having fun. And then, yeah, that guy's right there, and normally I hate him, but eh, I'm dancing right now. I don't, I don't care about that guy right now. So it, it did kind of work out that way. So, so now my question to you is, when you see, we spoke a lot about Johnny. Now, I just want to spend a little bit of time on Daniel. Sure. It seems like you could obviously say, like, if you do, if you disregard Karate Kid Part Two and Three, and no one talks about the next Karate Kid, which unfortunately nobody wants to like talk about that with Hillary Swank. Um, oh, I'm not sure why. Or next Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but like, she is the other student for Mr. Miyagi, right? Like, is she going to make an appearance at Cobra Kai? Different, different story. Um, that would be a cool though, like, right? But like for Danny, right? Like. I look at the way he turned out, and I'm like, I really don't like the way he turned out. I find him to be a little overbearing, a little, mm-hmm. a little bit like Johnny was back then. Um, and it started off like from that first uh, episode where, you know, Johnny ends up at his dealership, mm-hmm. and he has like this smugness about him. I don't know, maybe I'm misconstruing that, but you see the smugness of like years of him, um, be living in this lifestyle. You know, having the nice. Now he lives in the hills instead of in the valley, right? He's got this compound of a house. He's got the the 2.5 kids, so to speak. Oh yeah, you know, living the life, and, living the, the early disposable life. income. Yeah, yeah, living my life. You know, swimming in the money, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as far as like happiness, like I think he's probably on the same level as Johnny, if not a little bit less. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's possible. It's possible. Um, and then to just kind of um, uh, reiterate what you were saying, uh, yeah, when I first 
when you're first introduced to Daniel LaRusso through Johnny's eyes, it's, mm, you know, it's, it's a little, it's a little, he's a little irritating. Um, he's definitely, the roles are definitely reversed where, you know, Danielson used to be the, the poor down and out underdog and Johnny was the, the rich kid who had everything and was picking on uh, Danielson. And now it's completely reversed where Johnny is a down and out working class guy struggling to pay his rent, drinking the uh, most affordable uh, coors that he can get his hands on. And then LaRusso uh, deals, he owns a, a dealership that sells luxury automobiles. He has a huge house with all kinds of nice stuff. And he's, he's, intentionally tooling Johnny. Like I was watching that part again. And then once when, when uh, Daniel is talking to, to Johnny in front of his employees at the car lot, Johnny wants to walk away. And then Daniel grabs him by the arm and pulls him back. And then he keeps like brushing stuff off his shoulder. Daniel's brushing things off of Daniel, uh, excuse me, Daniel's brushing things off of Johnny's shoulder and just kind of finding reasons to just kind of sort of be like an alpha male and, and kind of touch Johnny and put him down in really subtle ways in front of uh, Daniel's employees. Uh, so yeah, it's it's really the roles have really reversed, and Daniel is uh, yeah he's he's really behaving like a jerk. Uh, now that being said, I did a rewatch of Karate Kid. Uh, Partially because I wanted to like Daniel again, and then partially. (laughs) (laughs) I liked him originally. There was a reason. Yeah, exactly. And then partially just just to do a rewatch and and you know and and get really familiar with it again. And actually, Daniel's personality kind of stays the same, but his position changes. So before, when Daniel is you know a really skinny. you know, uh, just almost like defenseless kid. And he's, he's kind of like laughing and joking and almost pointing fingers and having a really big personality. It comes across as really endearing and, and you know, he's the underdog. So then you're not thinking all oh, this, you know, this jerk, you know, but he's kind of, he's, he's, he's pretending to be a big shot in a lot of ways. Uh, like when he talks to Allie and, and stuff like that. And then now Daniel still behaves that way, except he does have everything. So then, oh, it's not it's not being charming and kind of flipping the roles. Like he's not being like a funny defenseless defenseless poor kid who's acting like he has it all. He has it all, and then he's acting like he has it all. So um, <laughs> it, does, it only works when you have nothing. Once you have stuff, stop it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not exactly. cute anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Which is interesting, though, because that is very true. Let me ask you, because you talk about rewatching, right? And and I know, uh, Ernie, you mentioned the, the other movies um, that do part, take part in this storyline. Do we – and I know it's been a while because I don't know when the last time we, we, you, any of you guys have watched these movies. I know obviously you've watched the original one. But do we feel the timeline is still okay? I mean – do we feel that two and three, because it was two, three, and then the, the next, which really isn't related, I guess. But as you said, she could come back. But two and three, do we feel that those are throwaways to the storyline, that they don't really matter to Cobra Kai in the same way? Or or do we feel that parts of those come in, three, in through two? I might have to go rewatch them, just check 
homework for our listening audience. Watch <laughs> two and three, and then watch Cobra Kai, and let us know what you think. But what do you, what do you guys think? Do you think that there's still a, a timeline there that those movies aren't even useful? Or is it really, it's Karate Kid, Cobra Kai, you can skip the rest? I'm assuming there's still a somewhat useful timeline. Uh, the trailer for the upcoming season three, they give hints to part two where uh, where they go to Okinawa. Uh, mm. So I'm assuming that's going to come in. And then I would guess just depending on how long the show continues, they could bring in the other stuff. But I I barely remember those movies. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to do a rewatch. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I was thinking. Yeah. Cause, cause... I, I, Go on. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, he, I want to say for the casual observer, if you want to like immerse yourself in the Danny LaRusso, mm-hmm. Johnny, uh, what's his last name? Lawrence. Johnny, Johnny Lawrence, yeah. yeah. Johnny Lawrence World. Uh, one, two, and three, because in the first season of Cobra Kai, like Danny kind of mentions him like trying, finding inner peace when he went to Okinawa, you know, mm-hmm. uh, bringing back the, the, the teachings of Mr. Miyagi about balance and what, what, uh, you know, how it, how karate made it from like China to mm-hmm. Okinawa, then like to the rest of the world, you know, it's teaching is it's fundamentals. Also like comes across the little toy that helped him like, save his life he said oh hey don't you know it's a toy like at three he mentions to his wife that he was he became like uh with johnny that he uh he kind of lashes out at his own family and like alienates them and he says you don't understand i was a cobra right uh, that's what happened in part he actually gets trained by I, uh, gosh, Kreese is uh, from the war, and he comes down and totally messes with uh, Daniel's mind and gets him to be, you know, starts following the Cobra Kai doctrine, which is don't wait. Karate's not self-defense. Strike first, strike hard, you know, all that stuff. Well, that's kind of interesting, right? Because that, is, again, as as you said, Doctor Jason uh, Donson, um, it's been a long time since I've seen those those two second and third movies, so it's kind of hard to place it. But it's kind of interesting because you're right. I did I do remember now that you mentioned Ernie that they, in the second or third movie they kind of take Danny down the dark path, and you, you kind of talk about the the balance and okay, if you if you learn this balance, then where the heck is that now? He's kind of reverted to back who he was. What what happened? So if in that third movie, then they're kind of taking, okay, yes, he was this big dude, and he had this big attitude, and he had nothing, but because of his path to the good side, and then kind of reverted back to the bad side, he ended up pretty much back where he was, because realistically, at the end of the day, yeah, these events were important to him in his life, but at the end of the day, you are who you are, and it really takes something small but significant, like him and, 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 and Danny and... and, and um, what's his name, Lawrence, to, to kind of get together and kind of say, hey, oh, it's just really about us too. The rest of it's important, and it's kind of cool to mention it, but it's really about us and and who we are. And it's about these kids, the next generation, which we will talk about in a separate instance, you know, those darn kids. Um, <laughs> but, um, but you know, it, it comes back down to, because you, I mean, because you take personal life, right? I go through, you go through, you have... 
you know, school, you do, you get your your job, your career, your this, your that. All these things happen. But then day you go back and you look at, okay, who I was, who was I at 14, 15, 16? Who was I? Who was I? Was I that? Who was I then? Who am I now? What really is different? Maybe I understand more. Maybe I can put more on a, of an act of an adult. Sure, I'm an adult now. Yay! But realistically, at the core of who you are, yeah, you can act the appropriate way. But in deep inside, are you really that different of a person from when you were? You know, yes, you can act, you know, psychologically speaking, you can act appropriate. But in your head, we all know, you know, still the same thoughts we had when we were 16, 17 years old. Let's not fool ourselves. You know, we may say, oh, don't worry about that. Or, oh, yeah, that's don't don't think that way. But we still think it. You know what I'm saying? Is that still is that still would you say in your experience talking to people that that's still true a lot of times? Or do people actually really kind of go through a, a, a metamorphosis where they're really not anything to their core like they were at some point? Ooh, well, uh, that's it's hard to say. I, I would say uh, as far as I'm aware in, in the research, personalities are fairly stable um so of course you grow over time uh you might have less anxiety less mm -hmm. um you know you might be able to you know be better at public speaking and all that stuff um you know if you really work on it consistently over time um but personalities themselves are fairly fairly stable um so as far as you know, somebody changing who they are at their core, um, I would have to imagine that it would be possible if there was some kind of maybe a really traumatic event. Like maybe, right. maybe you know, we take somebody, they go through a really traumatic event, and then now maybe before they used to be trusting and friendly mm -hmm. and all that right. stuff, and then now they're very fearful, mm -hmm. now they're um, – uh, aggressive, you know, right. so I think that could happen. Mm -hmm. And then maybe um, I, I've heard that, you know, spending a lot of time in a completely different culture can yeah. can do a lot to just kind of, well, also to, to increase your IQ because you're learning so much and sure. to um, just maybe give you different perspectives and maybe shift your personality a little bit. I would have mm -hmm. to imagine that could happen. But sure. overall, personalities are pretty stable. And right. go back to uh, Daniel for a second. Um, you know, it's it, I think in Daniel's mind, before coming across the the new Cobra Kai jam or before coming across Johnny Lawrence, I think he probably thought that he was pretty happy. But I don't know how happy or how fulfilled he actually was. You know, if we think about what's important to Danielson or to, to Mr. LaRusso now, yeah, there you go. What, what he would think was important, he would probably say, oh, well, making sure I follow all of Mr. Miyagi's teachings, uh, right, making right. sure I teach my children to follow those same principles, um, which we see the daughter, you know, mostly did. And then she's going through some adolescent issues where she's hanging out with a bad crowd and that kind of thing. But then the son, the son is just completely off somewhere else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no one knows where he came from. He's like, what the? Yeah. Where are you from? Yeah. So, so in some ways he's living the life he wants, but then not, not to the extent that he would want. And then he is just like, once he sees that Cobra Kai is back, he is just completely 
just out of control. Like he he feels out of control. He's on shaky ground, and he is doing things that he doesn't even see a problem with until his wife points out, like manipulating uh, another local businessman to raise the rent on a on a a low income strip mall to put everything in that strip mall out of business because his high school bully started a business and he doesn't like that, you know? So, so he's definitely becoming the bad guy there. I mean, that's, yeah. come on, that's just douche at that point. Come on now. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's so weird to see, but yeah, I mean, it is, and I guess for him, it is a traumatic event. I always, I always consider psychology to be the gentle manipulation of personality. So you're most more respectable to yourself and to others. <laughs> it's kind of how it is. It doesn't change you, but it, it allows you to have self-awareness so that you can see how you affect others. And you have to make that choice then of how do I be a better person. And Danny, at least at that point, when does that strip mall bull floppery, um, insert swears here, um, you know, <laughs> you really say, dude, you need, to, you need to sit down and look at yourself. Who's that man in the mirror over there? That's no, no. look at yourself because where's, where's your teachings now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, principles, principles what? I mean, come on, you know, it's it's right. a bad, it's a dark path again. Well, I found, I, I, what I found interesting, and, and maybe you might uh, relate to this also, uh, when you're watching the show, it's kind of like at moments you're like, man, you know what, if these guys only knew that they could be really cool with each other, and they could be like each other's best friends, because they, they do have a lot in common. Um, <laughs> but like something will come up and it tears them apart. And and I saw that a lot. I was like, oh man, they're actually getting along. Oh, you know, he's helping him out. He's getting him a new car. Oh, he's helping him out with his business. Oh, this other guy's helping him out with his business. You know, Johnny's helping him out with like stuff that's going on with him. Man, and then something comes up, and you're like, there, it's the universe, man, that just like gets in the way sometimes. And you're like, I want to see how this all turns out now. Like they got me hooked. I can't wait to see hey. season three. Oh yeah, very exciting. When do do we know when season three comes out? Do we have a date for that? Just I, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the times, man. It's the times. It will be out. We've gotten hope, yeah. but we don't when, but it'll be out. It's yeah. it's kind of an exciting thing to see because again, it it pulls on that really hardcore heartstrings of the 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 nostalgia of a generation, you know, of Ernie specifically. Um, but <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, set, it's set to release. So there's no official date it's set to release in 2021 okay yeah which is pretty much everything at this particular moment um which is which is fine we'll we'll, we'll survive um that and wandavision um <laughs> it's a whole other cluster um anyways um uh, but i definitely feel that this is this is definitely a show that has a lot of potential and and you you got to look at the universe as the as the bad guy here in some respects right it's it's not either of them they're just reacting to what happens it's the world that's the problem not them but then you go back on it and i'm sure jason will agree it's it's not the world it's how you react to what the world gives you right. correct sir right, exactly <laughs> <laughs> i think we'll, i think we'll give Guess the final words on this. What, what say you, though? Give us your psychological next steps for these two going in to season three, please. Oh, man. Okay. We're going to put you on the spot. Here we go. So thinking about what happened at the end of season two, ooh, there was a huge uh, school-wide brawl, which 
kind of un- unrealistic, but still had me captivated. I was still all in for it. Um, we had Cobra Kai versus Miyagi-Do. Um, just going at it in a high school. Uh, I think most people were got some bumps and some bruises, but they were fine. But we ended up with Miguel, our, our who's essentially our new karate kid. Um, and he and he's our, our our top student for Cobra Kai. He ended up flying over, a, a, I guess, a ledge, or he got he got kicked off of a, a staircase down what looks like two or three stories, and fell very awkwardly and and uh, dangerously onto the ground, and could be paralyzed, could be comatose. We don't know where he is. Um, we know that, well, Johnny was, was not in favor of this. So, so this wasn't Johnny's doing. This wasn't uh, uh, Daniel's doing. This was, you know, their, it's, it was essentially a proxy war for them, but they, they didn't want this to happen. Um, and now both of them, uh, mainly Johnny, but both of them are just kind of reeling emotionally, just kind of trying to deal with what's going on, and they're confused, and they're probably blaming the other person, and uh, Miguel, who is the injured person, and who might be in a coma, I'm not sure. Um, his, he should be dead either way, but he's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, his so that and, and John and Miguel was kicked off off the side by. Uh, Johnny's biological son, um, who you know they are, uh, they have a really strained relationship right now. And Miguel is sort of his adopted son, or his uh, his mentee, like his main um, his his main student, like his Daniel son to Johnny's Mr. Miyagi. Um, his so Miguel's mom said, I don't remember what exactly, but I'm pretty sure she said something like, I never want to see you again. I never want you to be around Miguel ever again. How could you do this? And we end with Miguel, or excuse me, uh, with Johnny just kind of seems like he's leaving Cobra Kai and just everything he had established behind. Like he leaves his car, he throws his cell phone, and he just walks off. And wow, wow. So what I would hope for, for Johnny and really just everybody involved is – to speak to a, a, a therapist, everybody, everybody <laughs> needs all the therapy. Everybody needs all the therapy right now. Uh, Miguel needs just the best medical attention that that money can buy. And then after that, he's probably going to need ongoing physical therapy. And then also the trauma of what happened. He's, he's going to need lots and lots of therapy. Um, so for Johnny, I would hope that his life doesn't just freeze right here like it did in the 80s. He was just making progress. He was just doing good things for the community. Some things didn't go so well, but he was overall doing good things for the community, helping lots of kids who were picked on and bullied. In the past, it would have been by a young Johnny, but now Johnny is helping these kids, and then they're helping Johnny too. They're helping him to heal a lot of his past traumas too. So hopefully he doesn't just walk away from everything. Hopefully he gets the help that he needs and then, you know, maybe even start Cobra Kai again, but then 
just with the understanding that, um, you know, certain teachings are not helpful. Other teachings are much more helpful. Or if he wanted to just leave karate behind, I would say because of, you know, what happened and because how traumatic that could be, you know, as long as he could do something helpful and, and productive with his life, you know, and do something mentally healthy, then I, I would be all for that. Uh, my guess is that he's going to get pulled back into the the world of karate and uh, he's going to keep having a rivalry with uh, Daniel LaRusso. But, but, you know, for, for his mental health, if he wanted to walk away, I would be okay with it as long as he's getting the help that he needs and he's finding a, a way to live a good, meaningful life and, and, and not just staying stuck and wishing that this had never happened. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? A plus, sir. Uh, very, very, very good. Very good summation. We, we do hope for the best for all characters based on what happened for season two. Uh, Dr. Uh, Von Steins, Jason, it's always a pleasure having you. We will have you back more on the regular. We appreciate your, your analysis and uh, just pure fun. Let's just, just to say what it is, right? And, of course, as always, as you say, Jason. Insert tagline here. Insert tagline here, guys. We will talk to you guys next time. And that's another episode of Two Nerds and a Joke. Follow Robert and Ernie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to their YouTube channel.